0: Hey there Foley fam if uh, the MVP Marco was not angry with us before he probably is now because once again we're stepping all over his interview gimmick uh, but we me and Sheena aka chick Foley had a quick chat with Nate and JJ the team behind custom toy rings on Instagram if you haven't checked them out please do so we'll have links to their social media um, down in the the show notes if you want to swipe up they make some incredible incredible products and they have something really cool on the way that they uh, announce on the pod with us this week so um, give it a listen it's really interesting just kind of the the way their partnership works and just some of the thought and the methodology going behind putting together these truly incredible one-of-a-kind products that they have available for figure collectors worldwide so without further ado here is our chat with custom toy rings
1: All right, so we have Nate from Creature from the Toy Lagoon and JJ from Custom Toy Rings on with us today. How are you guys doing? Doing good. how How are you? I'm doing good. We're I'm super excited to be sitting down with you guys. Um, if you guys don't know, you just need to go check out uh, at Custom Toy Rings and uh, uh, Creature from the Toy Lagoon. Amazing figtography, some incredible 3D printed wrestling accessories, things that you're not going to find on your shelf, things that Mattel's you're not, not giving us. on any shelf. Yeah, yeah <laughs> things not, that Mattel's not some, giving us. Some
0: huge gaps in the... Uh, the, the the play set area right now
1: yeah we're, we're huge fans of all of our customizers and all of our um you know custom accessory makers because again there, there are gaps I mean obviously now it's it's what a time to be alive to be a figure a figure collector and a, a, a you know photographer and things like that because we have more now than we've ever had before but we're super excited to always have uh, you know more creators doing creative things out there so um you know I wanted to go ahead and just kind of get in because you guys you know obviously you're into wrestling and we all start somewhere, so uh, let's. I'll start with Nate. So, Nate, tell me, like, how did you how did you get into wrestling? What where where did your wrestling fandom start?
2: Oh man, okay. Um, so forgive me because I don't know the company, I don't know who was involved, but all I remember as I was a kid, I was probably four or five years old, and I was standing at the TV, and because my parents were. Uh, very old school. They didn't like to buy the new technology. We still had a TV that you had to get up and flick the, you know, the dial switch on. Oh, yeah. Right. So
1: <laughs> a, a floor unit.
2: Yeah. 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 500 pound TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was flipping through the channels. And there was this battle royal going on. And I just remember dudes were like covered in blood and I was just instantly drawn to it. And I don't know what it was just beating the Holy hell out of each other, uh, throwing each other out of the ring. And I seen that and it was like, that was, that was it. I saw that and I was hooked. I didn't know what it was. Uh, but I was, I was hooked. And then it was, I swear, I'm sure my timeline is messed up, but it was like, I was getting the Toys R Us catalog as a kid. And I can remember seeing uh, a four pack of the Undertaker, Mankind, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H and not knowing who they were, but just being so infatuated with the way they looked. You know, Mankind's crazy mask that it looked like he had nails into his head and, and Undertaker with the tattoos and the all black. I was like, I had to have them. And my mom, I remember her going, you don't even like wrestling. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes I do. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and from that moment on it was uh the only thing that t- still to this day as a 32-year-old man that I have remained a fan of things have come wow. and gone but wrestling's been the only thing to stay.
1: Talk about a fork in the road moment, dude! That Toys R Us catalog and seeing those toyetic oh, yeah. figures, and like you know, just really diving into wrestling and still still hanging with it thirty two years later that's incredible.
2: What about so what, is, uh, what
1: about you, JJ?
3: Were, were those bone crunching figures then?
2: You know they have like been. I remember their faces were just god awful, you know, like like they were, <laughs> like you know, you ever walk into something and you just smell something that's like, oh, what in the hell is going on here? That's what their faces looked like. So <laughs> I'm gonna assume it's bone crunchers because they weren't, you know, weren't the yeah, greatest. Yeah, face they off hands. My bone crunchers. Those, those are <laughs> I, yeah, hey, I think were. Yeah, they were awesome it, as a kid. You
0: know, Jax loved the uh, the box sets also, man. That definitely sounds oh, like a jacket. Sure. I, I I can't for think sure. about it off the top of my head, but I can definitely picture like that that box set existing.
2: Well I know Austin Looking was right in charge
0: of database. Yeah they, yeah, they released so many of those, man, over oh, the years.
2: A ton. Yeah. I miss their packaging so much. Yeah,
1: it's so nostalgic. That that packaging is just like I don't know. It just I just screams got last wrestling. week. I got
2: a couple of.
0: Do you remember the mini sets where it was like the little miniature wrestlers, like the uh, the ones that were like two inches tall, and they come with like a ring and some accessories? Yeah, I got two of those play sets in last week. MOC, so oh, it sweet. was so much fun. Busted those things open. Yeah, have, our uh, son has has had,
1: had so much fun with those.
3: Four or five of those that I sold during COVID. Um, nice. like a like a Vader and a Sid.
2: Yeah.
1: You did you did good because that's when you know collectors collecting was at an all time high during COVID. So yeah, okay, that's how were, JJ
2: and I met. So things yeah, were crazy. Yeah, we're sure. gonna
1: we're gonna get into that. I want to <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about you guys. I want to figure out how you guys came to came to know one another. But uh, hit us with a uh, how, how did you get into wrestling, JJ?
3: So I I mean mine's I think it's kind of unique. Um, I also at Toys R Us uh, coincidentally um, had a Nintendo sixty four and. Summer of 98 was begging my mom to let me buy WWF Warzone, and she said the same thing. You don't even like wrestling. You don't watch wrestling. You don't know a thing about it. Well, I ended up with the game, and once I fell in love with the game, I had to go find it on TV and start watching it. wow
1: that is a that's a very unique i don't think i don't don't think i've ever talked to anybody else who started with the video game and then got into into wrestling typically you know the tv product or the action figures have been what we've uh what we found the gateway yeah yeah Yeah. exactly that's the gateway that's gotten most people in but that was a
0: fun game man i remember being super high for that i think that game (laughs) is aged like milk right especially (laughs) compared to like the wcw and uh later wwf games on n64 but i remember being just so excited. There was I can't remember what the name of the website was. There was like a crappy like Geo City style website that uh, I used to check like every single day for like all the news and rumors about that game up until it came out. I, I had it on PlayStation One instead of N sixty four, but yeah. yeah, I definitely got some fond memories from the the lead up and the actual release of that game.
3: Yeah, there was a. Uh, it- the game was, it was weird. It was, it was, you know, it, it was kind of garbage. It it doesn't hold up for sure. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was unique during that time. There was, I'd never played yeah. any other kind of video game like it. It was kind of like a street fighter arcade, but not really. Um, yeah. And so actually the, the very first episode of raw that I ever watched was the go home show for SummerSlam 98.
0: Oh, that was a great time in wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: It was. It, yeah. Yeah. One episode of that I, was, I was hooked. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So once you guys got into the product, like the TV product, were you guys like, was it like instant that you were in, into action figures and like, were you like, okay, like we're watching the TV product. Now we got to have all the toys to go along with it. Were you guys big figure collectors in your childhood? I'll start with JJ.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I collected figures way too long. Um, I mean, cause in 97, 98, I was in middle school. Um, so I had like all the star Wars figures cause that had just come out and, after that was kind of going away i was like all right what's the next thing and so yeah bone crunching action um the what was the series that they did after that where they like they used the hard plastic and they had like the
0: TitanTron live
3: the TitanTron live yeah i had a bunch of those figures
0: r3 um, and then eventually to like you know the classic superstars/ruthless aggression that went on for years
3: i have a couple of ruthless aggression I definitely took a break after that point but yeah from like 98 through 2000 just hundreds and hundreds I mean all the toy biz ones for WCW all the uh the ECW ones I forget who made those um,
0: San Francisco toy makers
3: okay yeah bunch of the ECW you know bunch of rings the cages everything like it was just as soon as I was hooked I was all in for quite a while
1: so were you were you uh, back then, were you like even like customizing things back then? I know like Seth, for instance, his dad made him a uh, a a cage out of like chicken wire and I had, like, uh, hell
0: in a cell. He had hell in a cell. And yeah. I, I had a pretty extensive collection of bone crunchers I customized. Like I made a uh, I remember making an Ahmed Johnson into like Booker T solo run from WCW from that era <laughs> and some other just Really, I think I took a Stone Cold Steve Austin head and put it on a uh, Psycho Sid body to make Goldberg. Like, yeah, just ridiculous right. stuff, man. That <laughs>
1: Seth Seth was back. basically Sid from Toy Story. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just dismembering all of his figures and putting them putting them back together before they were, you well, sometimes know. Sometimes you got to do actually what you got to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, back then the the it was slim picking, so you had to you know you had to be happy with what you had. What about you, Nate? Uh, what about your figure collecting? Were you a figure collector as a kid?
2: Oh yeah. I've always been a toy kid. Uh, clearly to this day, i still, uh, yeah, Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I've got better toys now than I did as a kid, but yeah, I was never like, once I saw that Toys R Us catalog with the wrestlers, that was it. Um, I had gone from just having random figures, you know, like GI Joe toys and Transformers, um, Hot Wheels. I was a huge car guy as a kid. Yeah, that, that died a long time ago. I couldn't even tell you anything about a car, but little uh, four-year-old Nate could have told you everything there is to know about a construction, <laughs> uh, train engineers, or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was uh, all replaced with wrestlers. But yeah, uh, I still probably have a box of um, Jack's R3 and Ruthless Aggression and and Bone Crunchers somewhere in my uh, my storage space out here. But yeah, I've yeah. always been a toy guy. There's just something about it. And, you know, when, when Jeremy, uh, Padaware, uh, and Jax, they started the classic superstars, that's what got me, you know, having the, yeah. The legends of the past. And and that that box style just drew to me. Oh, I love the Jack's
1: Classic Superstars packaging. That's well, what actually I, what we got back into. Uh when we got back into, you know, wrestling and you know figure collecting and stuff in 2014, we collected Jack's classic superstars before we abandoned them for uh Mattel Elites. But uh yeah, beautiful packaging. And out, they kept know-
0: the same packaging throughout the entire line, dude. Yeah. That's something that you know, Mattel changes it every six or seven. Yeah, and there's so series. many different like yeah. variations
1: of the line where you know you get legends and and you know all these different ones so uh yeah the Jax classic superstars as as crazy as they got at times like they are you know as you know that's so Jax as they got at times i think uh the superstar the classic superstars are awesome
2: Um, yeah they were amazing i just wish i would have kept on to mine i was a dumbass and (laughs) really wanted to go to vacation to seattle to go visit my dad and i sold my entire classic superstars wave for tattoo money and yeah i regret that I got a great tattoo out of it, but yeah, uh, now (laughs) looking back, oh shit, I had some money there. You remember that, uh, what was it, Toy Fair? There was the Toy Fair exclusive Radar Superstar Edge with the spanner title. Man, I had (sighs) two of those. That thing was so sick. God, I was a moron.
1: You know, we all look back and think stuff like that. I mean, you know, you always think like, "Oh, I should have kept that in the packaging. How much would it be worth now?" But, you know, you just got to live you got to live in the moment, man. You know, mo- every day isn't promised, so live in the moment. You got to go on a vacation, you got a cool tattoo, so, you know.
2: Yeah, now I got the AEW line. Thank God for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys kind of mentioned, you touched on it a little bit earlier that you guys met during, um, you know, COVID and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. So tell us kind of like, you know, I'll, whoever wants to start, you know, tell us kind of how you guys uh, met and how you kind of started with doing custom toy parts. Uh,
3: so I, I had been selling, um, rings, um, metal and wood rings online for, a few years. Um, and when, when COVID hit, um, it just, it, everything just blew up. People had a bunch of money in their pocket and, uh, I got a
0: Free ton of exposure
3: and a ton of new followers. Yeah. And at some point, um, I think pretty early on in 2020, Nate reached out for a, a custom ring and, um, ended up wanting some custom things on it, even more custom than I typically do. And we ended up doing that and, and then he wanted some aprons and then he wanted this. And we just kept staying in touch and kept chatting. And um, eventually things got to the point where it was just way too crazy. Like I, I couldn't even respond to all the messages I was getting. And wow. I was like kind of complaining to Nate like, man, I, I don't have time to respond to people. They're getting mad that I'm not responding. And he's like, if you need help, let me know. And here we are like three years later.
1: Wow. That's cool so it's just, so how does, you, how does your partnership work? So like, you know, obvi- you customize the rings. Like, so what, what's your responsibilities within the, the custom toy rings? Well,
2: I'll go ahead and answer from my half. Um, I essentially try and do my best to <clears throat> answer everybody's, uh, direct messages, uh, respond to comments. Uh, I'm the one that's, Tries to post. Um, I, I ask people for photos. So we have new content to post. Um, so basically, mine is the whole social media side. You're a
1: social media coordinator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're, you're the
2: customer facing portion yeah. of the business. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I got you. That's a
1: big job. And it's very important. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot. Trust me. Like, keeping up with social media and all the DMs, and, you know, especially when you have people buying stuff from you and ordering stuff and, you know, putting in custom orders and keeping all of that straight. Like, that is, it is an important big job. And again, just putting your stuff out there for the world to
2: see. Um, well, so JJ, we ha- go we've ahead. got, sorry. Um, no, it's we, okay. we've got so many people that reach out with just excellent ideas. Like, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he wanted an asylum style TNA ring, but he wanted it in nice. six, six, the six sides. And that asylum ring was beautiful. You know, I loved the bright red, uh, ring post with the red, uh, pads and, and everything and you know it was just it was classic looking. It was super simple but it was clean and just thinking, oh man, a six sided asylum look would just be badass. And then uh the guy w- was like, let's do it and I remember texting JJ like, Okay, absolutely love this idea. This guy wants this and then JJ made it and it knocked my socks off. And every single time I get on our page and I see that I'm jealous that it's not it up. Yeah. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah. And then we've got the guy that ordered uh, what I call the Gorilla Warfare, which is the 10-sided uh, double cage, double yes. six-sided ring. That thing mm-hmm. is the absolute coolest. Absolutely loved that thing. What a great idea.
1: So, JJ, so how did you get into 3D printing? So is this just like something that you've always, you know, like when, once you started doing custom rings, you're like, I need to take it to the next level. So you just... Got the 3D printing materials and just went at it, or how how did you get into that?
3: Yeah, I mean, so the the the, the short long answer is like all the way back in high school, I took CAD um, classes, computer aided drafting. Okay. Um, so I was making rings, and I had been getting a lot of requests for stages, and I had made a couple stages. They were primarily made out of started out of wood, and then they moved to aluminum. And one thing that a lot of people wanted was trussing. And I had come up with a way to use like a, like a cricket to cut cardstock that you could fold up into trussing and silver paper. And it just, it was fine, but it wasn't what I wanted. And we have done
0: stuff like that with, uh, we've gotten stuff from extreme sets over the years, you know, that kind of like that real tough, like cardboard type stuff. Yeah. Similar, similar type concept.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was it was three dimensional. You know, it had it. It wasn't just flat. Like, it, you know, you cut out all the little holes for the piping and everything, and then you folded it mm-hmm. four times and you glued it together, and so it made a tube. Uh, but it just, it, you know, at the end of the day, it was made out of paper. And I wanted to do it better, and so I started looking at three D printing and decided that, yeah, I need to start doing some three D printed stuff, and um, never finished the the truss. <laughs> um trust is actually really really hard um I, i've got a couple designs i i i've got this weird like adhd thing where like i'll hit a roadblock and it's like all right time to move on to something else
1: yeah um, absolutely. So I've,
3: I, you know 100 projects that are you know half finished um trust is being one of them but yeah so it, it moved from there so i had all these print i had the, i had the printer and i was like all right what can i do um and i figured out what i wanted to do and the printer i had wasn't big enough. So then I bought another printer and then another one and then another one. And, you know, now I'm sitting on six printers. Oh my
1: gosh. Wow. (laughs) Just, uh,
3: pumping out. I mean, they're, they're running pretty much 24 hours a day, um, pumping out pieces.
0: So the rings, I know you said, you know, you were using, you know, quote unquote real materials, you know, like wooden metal before, are they, is that still your primary, uh way of doing the custom rings or are the rings are they actually like being 3D printed also now
3: Nope. rings are metal um and they will okay. they'll st- stay metal. Um you know if you want a plastic ring, Mattel and Jazzwares can accommodate. Um Figure Toy yeah. Company mm-hmm. um if you want a a real a real ring made out of wood and plastic and or excuse me, wood and metal, then that's where that's at. Wow. Nice.
2: And if you've considered that's- getting a ring from JJ when commissions open up, I highly, highly suggest it. As somebody who started off as a customer and then became friends and now works with JJ, my ring is my prized possession. I've said it countless times to people who've ordered things. It just, it's the be all, end all of, of toy rings. Uh, this thing is the absolute best. You'll, you'll never, ever, ever get a better ring it is essentially as if jj walked into either a wwe arena or AEW or ring of honor whatever took a shrink ray gun shot that ring threw it in his pocket and went home with it and then sold it on ebay i mean it is down to everything the best thing i have it's my absolute favorite prize possession we're scrolling the
0: feed right now. It's funny, you know, the small world that we all kind of uh, share, uh, you know, we're really good friends with Viking Hall toys also. And we're looking at yep. his ECW ring he shared. He's got some, uh, you know, on his slideshow, he's got a, a picture of it basically deconstructed. And yeah, you're right. It looks like a real freaking ring. Yeah. It's and crazy. The, the
1: beautiful thing about that is if you get really, you know, have a hardcore match, they can pull back the mat and just like, you know, start <laughs> doing uh, tombstones and stuff on the on the plywood, you know, and really, really get the audience yeah, fired up. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that looks great. Um, we will definitely, for anybody who's listening to this, um, we're going to let you guys know whenever uh, you know Custom Toy Rings opens back up their their commissions and stuff. Um, so stay tuned for that. If you if you are interested in getting any pieces, we'll let you guys know when when commissions open up. So
3: I yeah, appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Uh, oh, of course, man. Of course. Um, so you said you have six printers. So what, where, where is this? Do you have like a, a room in your house that is just like your office for like 3d printing? Um, what, what's your, what's your studio set up? Um,
3: <laughs> I've got, um, three rooms in my house that are dedicated to <laughs> <that many stuff. laughs> um, I've, I've got a, our, our, spare bedroom is not a spare bedroom. There's a, a fold up bed in the closet. Um, it's got, <laughs> few tables in there with a bunch of printers um i've got a a, like an actual shop shop um attached to my garage that i make the the metal rings and cages and stuff out of there it's got a printer down there as well um and then in my my home office slash bedroom i've also got like a an eight foot by four foot work table that i do like the sewing and the fabric work and all the finishing and stuff on that. So it's it takes over my entire house basically.
1: So I'm um, all of this is self-taught. All of the um obviously you said you took CAG classes in, in high school, but other than that like everything, you know, the sewing and all of that is just self-taught.
3: Yep. Yeah, I uh, the first ring I made, um I got fabric, I cut it how I wanted it, I pinned it in the places that I wanted it. And I, uh, I mailed it to my, my dad who lived in a different state because there was a a seamstress in town that we knew that, you know, I thought, Oh, I can get a pretty decent price. It's a small town. Um, And he took it to her and she came back and she wanted like $35 just to sew up one canvas. Wow. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go buy a sewing machine and figure this out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Every
3: single thing that I have now is like, well, I guess I need a table saw now. Well, I guess I need a miter saw. Well, I guess I need this tool. And I just buy it and it all contributes towards production.
1: Yeah. And we we'll, and we live, uh, we live in the beautiful era where you can literally go on YouTube and figure out how to do just about anything, how to, how to utilize and run any tool, how to, how to sew, you know, mm-hmm. so there's, you know, you can learn anything nowadays, which is awesome. Um,
3: yeah, YouTube has been great. There's a, uh, you know, cause yeah, it's, it's all, it's all self-taught and by self-taught, I mean, YouTube taught. So <laughs>
1: so this whole hobby started because of wrestling. like, you know, obviously like you got into 3d printing to create wrestling accessories, right? Like there, it wasn't like you were into 3d printing and then you were like, Oh, I could also create wrestling. Like the, the passion for wrestling is what fueled the, the desire to start a 3d printing operation.
3: Exactly. Yep. There's, there's things that I wanted to make and doing them out of metal wasn't feasible. It wasn't realistic. Um, the amount of time that it would take, you know, because that's one of the things is you know, when you're doing it out of metal, it's expensive for material costs, but then it's also mm-hmm. incredibly expensive for my labor. And so yeah. if you want a, a metal Hell in a Cell, you know, you're at at least
2: $600. Gosh. Um,
3: the wow. hopeful idea is some point down the road, we can, you know, plastitize that and mm-hmm. – significantly reduce the price because once the f- design files are done, you hit right. print, you walk away, you come back, you do some cleanup, you box it and you ship it. So 3d printing has been great for able to create more products at a, a, a much you know less expensive, more
1: accessible. Price yeah. Yeah. So how many hours a day do you think you spend doing custom work? Because obviously, like, this isn't his full-time job. He has a day job that he that he does a full-time job. And then this is, he, he moonlights as a customizer. So how many hours a day would you say you spend uh, doing custom work?
3: Uh, you know, so uh, commissions are currently closed. Um, so I'm not doing, like, custom rings or cages right now. But when those are open, generally it's one or two hours during the weekdays. And then at least eight hours each day on the weekend.
1: Mm. Wow.
3: So, you know, it's a good... 25 hours a
1: week incredible um <laughs> and that's what you call i mean that that i'm i'm so just like taken aback by by the passion to do it you know i mean obviously you know it, it's a business for you and all of that but you know to there's got to be a love and a desire there to do it too you know just to spend that that amount of time and energy and effort especially to learn the craft um to be able to to be able to make these things so i'm I'm impressed dude and the work is incredible like we have we have a couple of your cages and I mean they're awesome you know Yeah
0: they're the best dude they smoke I mean because we don't have anything like that they yeah. just I think the the death of toys r us really kind of killed the the big playset game you know like there's mm-hmm. just no retail space for it and and shipping's with way too expensive
3: to you know host to yeah. expensive or something
0: and yeah, yeah. And with Mattel's rings that they have now, um, it's really a limited like install base. You know what I mean? So if Mm -hmm. they did make like scale accessories for them, um, it'd just be hard for them to do it in a way that's profitable for them with as many as they would need to make, you know. So, yeah, you're filling a huge freaking gap. Like, you know, my eyes lit up. when you said you're going to make a plastic version of the cell. I've had an eBay safe search for an old um, Jack's real scale hell in the cell for like the last year trying to find one of those things that's in decent enough shape to to add to my collection well, before but, you, you, know, had gotten, were missing you had a
1: blue cage rigged up on, our. I'd had,
0: yeah. yeah, the the wicked cool toys cage that came out in like 2015. I'd kind of had yeah. that kind of jury rigged up. I mean, it looked okay, but it, it was like, <laughs> it, it was super sketchy and stuff, you know, it kind of had like blue painters tape you had to do to make it kind of work, you know? And so, right. yeah, you guys, you know, you guys ring was just, a, or you guys cage was a freaking godsend.
3: Well, and the thing that I don't understand about Mattel specifically is every time they make something, they, change it in weird ways. Like why were all the clips red?
0: Yeah. I guess they were were that like bright orange red just Mm -hmm. stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah.
3: They're, they're constantly adding these weird details to things that it just, it, it takes away from the realistic of it. And that, that's what I focus on primarily is the realism. If I can make it look as real as possible, as close to the real thing as possible, that's what I'm going for every time. I'm not trying to cut corners just to get a product out there at, at you know a, a profitable price point. I'm trying to make the coolest, best thing as close to the real thing as you can find.
1: Awesome. So I want to talk to to Nate for a second. Um, this isn't this doesn't have anything to do with um, custom figure build or custom accessory building, but he, if you go to Creature from the Toy Lagoon, which is his account, he does some incredible. Fig photography. So I want to know what what your setup is like, Nate. So you have um, you have the extreme sets. I can see that in the background. But what kind of space are you using for uh, for your fig photography?
2: Uh, so I uh, thankfully my partner and I we just bought a house um, Labor Day weekend. So oh, congrats, uh, dude! We toured one house and we were like, "This is it. <laughs> we don't need to see anything else." So I have an amazing basement that's got built-ins everywhere that um, I use this uh, built-in area for like my backstage section. You know, I just did that mox and um, punk backstage shoot. So I've got my extreme sets set up there. And then right across from there, I've got um, one, two, I've got three six foot tables, two, four foot tables. And um, of an area that I am, I will reveal sometime, uh, working on a massive custom AEW dynamite arena that, uh, I'll have the extreme sets crowd set up, but I've got, um, figures for crowds and I've got signs and, uh, lighting rig and, um, truss system and, uh, just a massive stage I've, I've been working on for a very long time here. Um to make a dream become a reality of essentially making an arena in the basement of my, you know, in the basement. So that's where I'm going to. But lately I've just found the backstage stuff to be more enticing and more fun. And, uh, it's like, a, I wouldn't say like hardcore wrestling fan. Cause I'm not like a, like a death match guy, but like, I love Moxley's, you know, lights out and the, uh, Anarchy in the arena type brawls. I find those to be oh, yeah. so fun. For so sure. I always just want to like recreate that stuff. So yeah, that's essentially just yeah. what I'm doing. And there's a
1: lot of creative freedom in that too, you know. Because yeah. it doesn't have to be just wrestling stuff or just wrestling moves or stuff, you know, that would happen in ring. I mean you mm-hmm. pretty much anything is at your at your disposal with that kind of uh, you know. That well, kind of advantage. I'm I just, waiting
0: for AW to uh, to drop us a Mox figure with a head sculpt with the the skewer sticking out of his forehead. You got, <laughs> yeah, you got to feel that like that's be, coming this year sometime.
2: That would be so great. There's so many potentials they have. That I, all I'm going to say is we better get a Blood and Guts two pack from Revolution last year of Mox and Hangman. But if yeah. we don't get a two pack of Swerve and Hangman Blood and Guts, I'm going to be disappointed. That was two yeah, it's, dis- it's match of the year. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Um, Needs to have
1: like you know mouth open for drinking
2: blood, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Come out with a, like a spit, <laughs> spit mm-hmm. of blood. That would be so sick. But uh, yeah. I want the sh- uh, the maximum sweat
0: figures from Jack. Yeah, area Jack's <laughs> yeah. Put a little bit of water in the back of uh, Swerve's head. You know, and you oh, put hangman underneath them.
2: Maximum oh. blood. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I want to shout out. I saw him on Shark Tank a few weeks ago. Uh, many materials. They're based in Portland, Oregon. I used their cinder blocks for my uh, Mox and Punk set, and everything is legit. I've got a little baseball bat from them that's actually wood. The cinder oh, blocks. I mean, you
1: you you piqued Seth's interest because he loves I this love kind of thing. Yeah, stuff, he loves yeah. getting oh dollhouse God. like accessories. Well, I,
2: I, I so I hate
0: one of my biggest pet peeves. Like I think Mattel's the best figure maker ever. Right, their lines just incredible, just about hater proof. But I've always hated. The guitars that they include with you know elias or like Honky Man because it's like you look at them the wrong way and they just shatter into a million pieces they're so dumb so i got these yeah. super nice like little miniature guitars man they got like real strings and everything on them and yeah there's like like it's just that the you're right the possibilities are endless for that kind of stuff so
2: we'll definitely uh, check out many materials because their cinder blocks are legit cinder blocks i've got a pallet jack a pallet that's real wood look we'll at the tool- little cooler yeah.
1: Yeah, we're looking at we're looking at it right now. Yeah, it's got a little the, like uh, pallet mover, a uh, fire oh,
2: hydrant. Yeah, it's the coolest. Um I want to get they right now they've got a sale going on that I think ends tomorrow, but it's buy buy one get one, so I okay. I've, I've got to load up on some wow. cinder blocks, but they've got mortar and paste where you can actually build from the from these things and I was thinking, you know, how cool would it be to uh, make a castle stage? So I'm thinking that's, I'm going to yeah. start ordering a bunch of shit and make, uh, make myself a castle. So
1: that's really cool. I'm really curious to know like what their, what their angle was on shark tank. Like how did they really they like, Hey, there's a bunch of nerds out here that like really love,
0: f- were they doing it just know, for photography or, is, or are they more, are they doing like dollhouse furniture and stuff? Like what's there? I, th- I, like, what kind of I mean,
2: Okay. It was a really interesting thing. I was astonished that, like, Mark, to me, seems like the type of guy that would just get it. Uh, so yeah. I'm kind of surprised he didn't back it. But nobody backed him, which I think is a shame. But I think between all of us dorks out here that are obsessed with, like, little things that yeah. are, are real, you know, like, like I, I lit up. I was excited. So I ordered stuff immediately. But um, I think between everybody and the word getting out about their stuff they're gonna they're gonna be completely fine so oh
1: yeah so they're on they're on instagram for anybody that's yeah. listening it's at Mini materials so yeah you can go and uh very I mean, cool yeah very cool they have all kinds of stuff so
0: yeah, i'm all about this kind of stuff like i went and got a i got a uh a, a horse for like my hangman page figures like yeah i'm, mm-hmm. all, I'm oh, all about yeah. building out the world for these guys
2: yeah, I got a horse from uh, this kind of is awesome. Mythic Legions like two years ago, right after he had the horse entrance. And I was like, okay, yeah. I need yeah. a horse for Hangman. <laughs> Gotta have a horse. i yeah. was <laughs> <laughs> like scouring, uh, you know, uh, like secondhand stores to try and find like a dollhouse horse. And I was just like, There's no, I want his legs to
0: move yeah mm-hmm. for for miniature horses there's a ton of options there's
1: like a, I mean when I was a little kid I forget what the Nate what the name brand was but it was like the scale, like the scale horses that would work with with that but it was like there was like all of like the Kentucky Derby winners and like Triple Crown winners and stuff I had like so many of those model horses I can't believe I can't remember the the brand name of them but uh, wow. yeah, they was, were like really realistic there was one I found horses. it was
0: like it took all the self-control I had not to get it would would have been like 75 bucks but yeah this thing was like fully articulated right this was like the the ultimate edition of horse figures. <laughs> (laughs) but I ended up just going with like a, you know, a $20 option that got the job done. Yeah. yeah, These that I had were just
1: statues. They didn't have any articulation or anything, but they Mm -hmm. were like legit, you know, models of the, of the horses. Um, so JJ, what is, what's the favorite project that you've done so far? Like what's been your most favorite thing that you've created?
0: Um, well, I just to pick it like his favorite kid. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I'll,
3: I'll give you two slightly different answers. Um, okay. The, the one that I'm most proud of is the ring and cage that I sent to um, the, the TV show, uh, the boys Gen V. It's a Amazon originals.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. TV we know show. the boys.
3: Yeah. So uh, their spinoff series Gen V, they they bought a ring and cage from me um that That's was cool. in the first episode uh the ring was at least they, they haven't shown the cage yet that i've seen um oh, that nice. was really cool to have like oh yeah a television production company be like hey our prop master saw this on instagram and has to have it um you know we want you to build like they gave me the exact dimensions that they wanted and the exact color scheme and they're like all right you know Here's exactly what we want. It needs to be in Canada on this date for filming. And then to see it actually show up on TV was awesome.
1: Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I can't even imagine how proud you were. Like that's awesome.
3: Yeah, that was, that was really cool. I I, I think the, the coolest thing I've done actually is, is the, the blue and black cage. Um, the, the, the big blue, um, it just, I, I think it turned out perfect. I, I went through, probably seven or eight different manufacturers of blue plastic in order to find the right color. Um, and then spent, um, probably close to three weeks printing off test pieces to try and figure out how to get the, the connectors wow. to attach properly and to snap onto the ring posts and just have the door function properly. Um, it was the first time I've ever tried to do anything like that and it, it came out, um, uh, Perfect. I mean, there's nothing that I'm going to change on it going forward from here.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, and I mean, the fact that we don't have that scale of blue cage is just a, it's just a crying shame. So the fact that you filled that gap for the for the wrestling figure community is awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I
3: I I say that I know, but I I kind of knew that Mattel wasn't going to do anything. Um, I was really surprised that they actually came out with the the basic version of it, but Mattel seems to create these big projects and then kind of forget about them like they don't ever come yeah. back and say oh here's an add-on here's an additional piece you know
0: yeah that's the thing we were doomed is- on this one with that that first ring being crowdfunded you know what i mean so like right. you're, you're already limited like we talked about i can't remember if it was the start of this before we got on the air you know like yeah. I think it ended up being 8,300 people backed it. So they know like absolute, like the audience for this blue cage would be 8,300 people who made it to scale for this ring. So right, I feel like they had said they were going to re-release that ring eventually, but I don't know if they've shelved that plan or not. You know,
3: did they expect to sell more than 8,300 of the basic ones?
1: I I know. Yeah. I I don't know. I
3: I don't know (laughs) what their business plan is. Um, But like, even like the main event ring that they did, there's never been an accessory for that. That was like the one that had yeah. the light up ring posts and the light up mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, those were nice. but Yeah, yeah no, awesome.
0: no accessories, no Zero elimination accessories. Oh, it seems like they they much they they prefer doing that kind of stuff in the basic scale. Yeah,
1: they get they had we had a basic elimination chamber. Yeah, they had a basic uh, hell of that thing cell together
0: playset yeah. uh, a few years back. Yeah, they just for whatever reason. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's got to be financial. It's, it's just, I but mean, you're right. It doesn't make sense that it works out to do it at the basic scale, like, I wonder how much more it would be to just do it for, but maybe the they're scale. like, I
1: mean, maybe the elite scale ring is more marketed toward collectors and the basic ring is more marketed toward children. So yeah, it's it like, you know what is. I mean? It's like, it's, I think they're coming out with the, the play accessories for kids. Maybe, I don't know. Like yeah. again, I just, yeah. I think
3: it comes down to price. You know, if you're the, the, the basic ring is, it's like what one third, the size, you know, area yeah. wise of a, a bigger one. So, yeah. I mean, theoretically you'd have to charge three times as much to get the same product. And if you're charging that much, how many people out there are willing to pay for it?
0: And which is yeah. why and we like, saw how the nitro stage died such yeah. a death. So I think it's yeah. going to be a while before we get any, uh, any large scale play sets from Mattel. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, I think they could even do, I mean, we talked about it before on our podcast, like just doing smaller crowdfunds. like they could do a blue cage crowdfund. Like I think sure. that's a very appropriate yeah. with it, with a couple figures, right. Do a, a blue cage with a couple figures, like that's a very manageable crowdfund for people. Right. But I mean, the people who had just bought the um, new gen arena, like asking them to turn around and, and buy the nitro set. I think it was just, you yeah. know, too, too big of an ask, you know, yeah, um, the,
3: the, the nitro set. I don't know. I have a, a lot of feelings about that.
0: Um, <laughs> I thought the figure choice is what doomed yeah, the nitro set to me, sure. man. I 100%. thought if they would have bid. Even the figures that they had there, I think if they would have put them in a different order, I think it could have succeeded. But I think the fact that, you know, initially what you were guaranteed to get was the stage, which was awesome. And then a Rey Mysterio figure that was just like, a, whatever. it was a whatever dude. It, it was one of many Rey Mysterio figures. And then a Hulk that we had gotten basically the same figure just the year before. And I think it just never had any of the momentum from the from the jump. You no, because if
1: it if it would have been four stellar figures, the the figure community would have backed it and like just sold off their rings just yeah. to get the figures. The stage, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, or yeah, sorry, the stage, um, just to get the. Um, I thought maybe they the should have just too. gone.
0: Don't, don't even do the tier thing. Just come up with what number you need to get to mm-hmm. get everything all at once. I think just the uh, the whole strategy on it this time, I think, was just flawed from the jump.
3: Yeah. Well, I've, I've last time. Uh, we were talking to Joe on the custom figure podcast about this. And I, I said that they shouldn't have done figures at all. Like all of the add-ons should have been, you know, um, WCW ring steps or thunder aprons for the nitro ring or a a commentator announce area, um, a white Humvee, you know, like just Mm -hmm. other things that there's no way you'd ever get them outside of this stage. You know, we're gonna get a Scott Steiner. We're gonna get another Mysterio. We're gonna get another Hogan. We're gonna get another like. There was nothing that was presented that was absolutely yeah, the once only in a time lifetime. ever yeah. you're gonna get.
1: For sure, Nate. Did you have uh, thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I was uh, gonna say if if they were so hell bent on figures, why not make five figures that were only going to release with that stage? You know, someone like Mortis, Glacier, yes. Raven. Yeah. You know, uh, we had this.
1: Yeah, we've had this exact question on our podcast. Like, yeah, give us those like obscure figures um, that, again, you're not going to get in the main line that aren't going to go to stores that aren't going to be on shelves. Like they're just for the most hardcore of the hardcore.
2: Right. Right.
3: Which is what that stage is. I mean, it. it, you know, the kids today that are collecting, you know, the, the new era of figures don't care about a WCW stage from 25 years ago. Yeah. Like it was specifically Seriously. targeted at hardcore collectors. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just...
1: And they, they dropped the ball. Yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> I mean, they they just, they just didn't get it right. And the the numbers, you know, showed that.
2: I was really hopeful it would back just because I wanted to use the truss in my own custom stages. You know, like yeah, I liked the lights a lot and I really enjoyed... I mean, the truss looks great. There's no reason why... You know, I I just was thinking, well, shit. You know, like I like WCW, but I want my own custom stuff. You know, there's no oh, reason yeah. why I can't take it apart and you know make a, a little stage. So
1: yeah, that we was my hope to too. I mean, we're so, obviously I'm shitting on it now, but like we we wanted it to succeed. We were big proponents of it because again, like we just knew like if this thing doesn't succeed, like the chances of us getting we're not anything get that going raw forward, stage
0: everybody wanted, yeah. You know, just it's it needed to happen it
1: needed to happen to keep the momentum for the crowdfund situation going and it just it just didn't
2: so the raw stage i really liked but what was with the um the weird like sidewalls that it came with like i know i know they had that like scaffolding thing on the sides but i don't ever recall a like a camera halfway up like how they had it uh yeah you know, I mean, they, were, was, they just they did were for... spotlights that they had up there. They,
3: they had they had hmm. guys oh, on the yeah, top things running yeah. spotlights.
2: I don't know. I just think it could have been more accurate, you know. I mean, oh, I think it was sure. cool, but, you know, I, if they're going to make any raw stage, give me personally, I would want the raw stage from 2001. I I still think that to this day that's one of my favorite stages of all time. That truss was beautiful. You just want those circular truss pieces. I want the whole thing, but yes, those
1: specifically. Speaking of trusses, I know we mentioned that, uh, you know, you've tried those and it's just, you haven't quite nailed it. Um, other than that, has there been anything that you've tried to create that just really didn't pan out the way that, that you, you thought it was going to,
3: uh, trusses are definitely my, uh, my white whale. Um, I, am still working on them. Um, I, I've been tasked with, coming up with a, a crowd control barrier that they use WWE like on the entrance ramp.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Um,
0: cool. Matt Goldberg um, has asked Friendly. me to make that, Yeah. For
1: end of the show, Matt Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I've been he was actually just on this weekend. He yeah. dropped an oh, think- interview with our other Yeah, host, he did uh
1: yeah, he did an interview with our uh, you know our podca- other podcast host Marco on his uh spinoff show open mic. So you okay. want you know give give uh good you know-
0: synergy, man. We
2: appreciate the uh, you know the cross promotion. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I, I gave him a Matt, listen.
2: Uh, awesome. Listened um, to it last night while on the road and it was great. Matt had me die and laugh and telling the story about Bowley Ray. Cause I had a pretty similar experience with him and TNA. And I just was like, Hey, that guy just must be an ass all the time. So, it was great.
3: I'll have to Check it out. Um, but yes, I, I've, I've tried to make this, this crowd control barrier. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm like seven versions deep in it right now. And it's, it's just not coming out how I want. So I'm, I'm still playing with it. I don't know. Hopefully that comes out at some point. Um, that there's not really a lot of things that I've started and not finished, or don't have plans to finish. Um, I guess trusses I still have a plan to finish them at some point, but there's just yeah. there's other things that keep coming up that I think I'm gonna, you know, I'll focus on that and get that done, um, and then sure. maybe you'll come back to trusses at some point. I don't know. It's hard because so connector any... pieces with three D printing, because three D three D printers like the FDM, the ones that like melt plastic, they're not a hundred percent accurate. So I can print the exact same piece ten times, and it might come out three different ways.
2: Mm. And so trying to get
3: yeah four connectors on each corner to line up perfectly with four other connectors on another piece mm. and have that repeatable
0: everything perfectly square. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: It's it's been a it's it's been difficult. And, you know, people that have, you know, been doing like injection molding, and printing, like Mattel, like even that process, you know, the plastic shrinks and so like they have to account for it. But they've got, you know, a hundred years of experience yeah. figuring this stuff out. And I'm, you know, I've got a, a couple years and still trying. So it it's coming, I, I think.
1: Awesome! Right. I got faith in you, dude. I know you. Can, I know you can do it, dude. We're right. gonna
0: stay on you now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna send you a motivational uh, every f- Monday morning, dude, at like six AM. You, How's the trust is coming? Yeah, we're gonna JJ? send you a
1: money a Monday morning trust photo. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> to keep to keep the to send keep him, the dream him, alive.
0: Send them some pictures of like our arena upstairs and be like, man, some trust would, some really, just this <laughs> would thing. really
1: just set this yeah. thing off. Yeah.
0: What's missing from this picture, JJ? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So,
1: do you have any goals to expand into any other genres outside of wrestling?
3: Um, well, going back to Goldberg, um, he has also asked me to do some Star Wars prints for him. Ooh. And so, nice. uh, actually, it was, it was la- summer of last year, I played around with some files and came up with like a part of a, a Death Star um, hallway. Ooh, um, nice. Haven't finished it by any means. Um, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. That was just kind of a, Hey, you know, is this something you can do? Do you want to play around with this? And I played around with it for a bit. Um, focus it, it focuses on wrestling. Yeah. That's, that's the figures that I have. That's the scale that I'm accustomed to. Um, there's so many things that I want to do in the wrestling space right now that to even think about going somewhere else, like I'd love to start making some stuff for the GI Joe classified series. I mean there's some really cool the X-Men ninety seven series that's coming back out. Yeah. There's there's so many things. And like if I could quit my job, my day job and work on this stuff full time, probably, but
0: of course, yeah. That's not gonna
3: happen. So I don't see myself really going outside of wrestling
0: it took me we always just call him matt so it took me a second to process when you said going back to goldberg i was picturing like bill <laughs> goldberg just like smashing star wars figures together and being like oh i need some custom accessories for this
2: <laughs> oh, goldberg man. concussed with hasbro star wars figures exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly smashing an at at into his forehead
1: so i want to finish and wrap up i want to uh ask you guys, uh, you kind of gave us a little bit of a sneak peek uh, before, before we started uh, recording, but I want uh, you guys to tell us about this exciting new project that you guys have coming up.
3: So a lot of my projects, um, I, I have like a, a master list of like things that I really want to do and things that I, I really should do and things that would be really cool to do. And then I'll just get completely distracted by like new figure releases that I see. I'm like, Oh, I could just go do this <laughs> instead. And yeah. so they, Mattel announced a Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon ladder match two pack for WrestleMania 10.
0: Yep. We we pre-ordered that about 30 seconds after it went live.
3: Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I said, WrestleMania 10, I could do that. Um, So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be five different um, accessories that you can add on as you choose. So there's going to be a basic WrestleMania 10 entrance set with the sliding opening X doors. Nice. You can um, add on a a light board that will sit behind it that's remote controlled from your phone that can do different light colors and designs.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Gold guardrails to go around the ring. Um, Black floor mats. And then also um, the black and gold ropes with um buckle pads with the proper WWF logo on them.
0: Wow. So will those so that rope and buckle set will that be compatible with the Mattel uh Ultimate Edition ring? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, you, you know you're talking to a guy WrestleMania you, see I'm like this hardcore figure and wrestling collector and WrestleMania 10 is my all time favorite pay per view man. So like I, I, I am I'm, from I'm a few people. looking we, yeah, we, we tape in the, we got like a little sitting area kind of like between our kitchen and living room where we record our podcast at. And I'm looking, I can literally see my wallet just like opening up on its own <laughs> right now, man. And like my debit card is like sl- wiggling out just hearing this description, dude. So, yeah, we would definitely, uh, do you have an idea of when these are going to go up for pre order?
3: Um, I, I'm hoping by, uh, end of January. I want it to kind of coincide with re- the, the launch of those figures. Um, yeah. Christmas time. This time of year is such a hard time to to focus on designing new products. Um, But I I I just released last Friday. um, Was last Friday? Friday a week ago? I don't know. The the silver version of the guardrail. So part of the problem is that a lot of things I have to test out, and so this is a way of testing. Is this guardrail? you know desirable and doable and does it function correctly so i'm selling a few of those getting those out in the market getting some feedback and then um nate's going to be getting a a full set of everything in the next hopefully week um from there um it goes to matt goldberg um he'll get a copy of it for pictures Um, great choice I had Manny from figure kingdom. He also gets a copy oh, of, of my stuff. Yeah. And another that's, friend, another friend of the show.
1: Yeah. He's an OG. Yeah. yeah.
3: They're, they're both great. Like Matt and Manny, like those two guys, I met them pretty early on. And like, I want to say like 2019 and just been great friends ever since they're constantly supportive. So talented, yeah. Man.
1: Incredibly talented guys. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So they so they'll get a version of it. Um, they'll take their pictures. They'll give me their feedback. I try and incorporate their feedback into the final final version. So there, there's still quite a few steps to get done, um, but I hope to at least have it fully announced, ready for start starting to purchase, having some pictures on hand um, by the end of next month.
1: Awesome. And like we said, we will keep all of our listeners uh, in the loop on that. And we'll post it on our social media when that goes, when that goes live for pre-order. So you don't have to worry. We'll keep you guys updated. Um, you don't have to worry about missing out on the WrestleMania 10 set. So I want to go ahead and pitch it to Nate and uh, Nate, go ahead and plug all your social medias where we can find you and JJ and uh, any, any closing thoughts that you guys have.
2: Awesome. Well, first off, as uh for JJ and I, I just wanted to thank you guys for having us on, uh, and really enjoy listening to the show as I'm driving around waiting for crazy calls to come in uh, through work. <laughs> so having you guys to listen to talk wrestling and toys really gets my uh, my excitement going for for all the projects that we have. Uh, also, I want to thank everybody that follows Custom Toy Rings for being so patient with us. You know, we've had numerous setbacks and. Things happen throughout the year, so we really appreciate the patience and understanding that you know we just as much as everybody else can't wait to get commissions back open. Yeah, um, and
1: just I'll just jump in real quick, like yeah, d- just be patient with these guys. You have to understand they're not Amazon, they're not Mattel, they're literally making these things in their free labor time. Of love. Labor of love, dude. It's a it's a it's a freaking love of the game passion project um and you know we, we talked to our buddy dan turnquist who does a lot of uh, you know 3d printing and stuff and uh same thing dude you know life happens and you know you can't always get to the things that you thought you were going to get to and uh yeah so just always be kind be and the patient. stuff's always
0: worth the wait man. and
1: the stuff is worth the wait it's gonna exactly be worth the wait, yeah so. you're not getting this stuff anywhere else so just know that these guys are working uh, working their butts off after they, after they get done with their day jobs to bring this stuff to us, uh, you know, because just because they love it as much as we do. So uh, sorry to interject Nate, but I just want no, to no, I, I appreciate PSA. it. <laughs> yeah. Give yeah. a little PSA.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also want to thank Matt and Manny just because without those two guys, um, you know, I, I can only do so much. Um, and, and, what I can bring to the table is very simple photography. Matt and Manny are expert it's storytellers. Lovely, yeah. It, yeah. They- they oh. are uh the Steven Spielberg to I, I don't even know, my my Skinamax, you know, directing. It's you know yeah, they, uh, we do a little bit of photography yeah, yeah like I know how yeah. much
0: effort it is to just do like the a basic shot like the, the yeah. B minus type stuff that we do. So yeah, just the amount of effort and just thought and creativity, man, is crazy. And you do oh, great yeah.
1: stuff, Nate. Yeah. So don't well, don't, don't sell it. yourself short. Don't sell dude. yourself yeah. short, yeah. You but us, dude. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean you can't compare like nobody can compare themselves to people like, you know, uh, Matt and Manny. Like no,
2: say, they've just, got this years of experience. Experience and it speaks yeah. for itself, yeah. you know, so it. Matt totally and May, thank thing. you guys so much. I mean, you guys have been just so, I don't even think I have a verb to just express the gratitude that we have for their photography to really show and <laughs> light our products and the way it that they have. Swing,
0: man. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, but anyways, yeah, you can find JJ at a uh, custom toy rings on Twitter slash X and Instagram uh, and threads, if that's still a thing, um, <laughs> and it's yeah. still out
1: there, yeah. Just you know, I, I don't participate. I don't participate in the threads. I have too many. I have too many other social media things going on. So yeah, I, I, I did not jump
2: on threads. Yeah, hard to keep up on it. And not then that. I'm a. I'm just on Instagram at Creature from the Toy Lagoon. So. Yeah,
0: and we'll make Uh, sure to have links in the uh, in the show notes of this episode to make it very easy to uh, to follow these guys if you don't already.
1: Yep. And so uh, we want to just in the show by asking each of you what your favorite wrestling match is of all time. It's something that we do with everybody that we interview. We want to know. Just dig a little bit and find out
0: You know, all time favorite match, all
1: time favorite match. So I'll start with JJ. JJ, what's your all time favorite match?
0: Oh, my God. Um I
3: think the only way I could even possibly narrow it down would be to say that it was something I had saw in person. Um, so I'm going to say uh, WrestleMania 19, Austin's retirement match against The Rock.
0: Great choice, nice. We just watched that recently; mm-hmm. still holds up.
3: Yeah, that was a great match.
2: Nate, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> shit. Okay, if we're doing based on matches we saw live, I'm gonna say Alistair Black versus Adam Cole take over Philadelphia.
0: Phenomenal oh, match. That's
2: awesome. Absolutely. Dude, you killer. like
0: that one? I, I gotta ask, man, you like that one better than Andrade and Johnny Gargano in the main event? Because to me, that's like that Gargano and Andrade match, that's like my favorite match yeah. in the last five or six years, man. I thought awesome. that was freaking incredible. So
2: Malachi Black is my my favorite wrestler. I mm-hmm. I love everything that guy does. I just wish he would be featured more. I could go on for twenty yeah, minutes talking about is how we, awesome, yeah, yeah, we've
1: been on, we've been on our, our House of Black and Aleister Black. They should and be They're just, so
0: awesome. Yeah. All three of the guys are great, but yeah, especially yeah, Malachi.
2: And shout out to Brody King too. I've reached out to him a few times on Instagram, and dude is just as cool as can be. I mean, he yeah. is right. like everything I want in a wrestler. A big Meaty motherfucker that's going to come in and can <laughs> cannonball awesome everybody movie, and yeah. scary as can be, but just like the coolest dude. But yeah. back to the question. Okay, favorite match. I have three that come to mind. If that's okay, yeah, uh, yeah go for it, man. Uh, all right. First, it. first is going to be my all-time Rock and Austin WrestleMania Seventeen. I don't think there's ever going to be a storyline that's better than them two guys back and forth. I mean, a beautiful story between them guys. Second match, just because I absolutely loved watching it and loved watching Shane McMahon just get his ass handed to him, but it was scary. But Kurt Angle, uh, Shane McMahon, King of the Ring 2001. That was great. through
0: the plate glass window. Yes.
2: Absolutely crazy match. Uh, And then if I'm going to do AEW, um, still to this day, I think it's the best tag team match I've ever seen in my life. The Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page at uh, Revolution 2020. I I'll love that match, man. Yeah. yeah I go through That'd and watch that tag match over and over. So, yeah. I love those guys, you know. But yeah, thanks for having us on guys. It's been a blast. Oh my gosh, really JJ Nate. It.
1: Yeah, thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure talking to you all. Uh we're always we're always down to talk to people who are just doing incredible things for the wrestling community. I love talking to people who are just passionate about the hobby, uh and you guys are and uh, it was our pleasure to to have you on tonight.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate, appreciate you having it. Us on.
3: And, uh, Sheena, check out your, uh, your, your DMs on Instagram. I sent you a little sneak peek of that WrestleMania 10.
1: Oh, let's go. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Thanks oh. for listening.
2: Okay.